Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings. Literally. Hey! Hey! It finally worked. Tis the season. I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> Season, it's always some season. Man. You know what I'm saying? That's my philosophy. That's right. Is it's always some season, and each season deserves its own greetings. But this time, this is the one that you put that on cups and stuff. That's right. You say that at the cash register when seasons, you can't say Merry Christmas. That's right. Season's greetings, and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. And today, we're here to celebrate maybe the greatest Christmas song. Bonus edition. In modern music history. A bonus episode straight from our hearts to you and your family on this great holiday season. Whoop-de-doo. It is the holiday season and whoop-de-doo and dickery-dock. And dickery-dock. Here we go. So everybody gather around the fireplace because, boy, we got a good one for you today. This is Christmas Time is Here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Take a gander. Christmas time. It's here. Oh, man, is it here? Man. Oh, good golly. It's Christmas time all in my pants. <laughs> what in the world? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. Uh, the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Hey, if you if you know this song, surely you know it uh, from the Christmas t- special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, it is part of the soundtrack. There is a vocal version with a bunch of whiny kids singing, but we'll play it later, probably. <laughs> We're not going to bore you with that. Uh, the good stuff is Vince. That's me. Bring it, yes. Vince. Uh, so I have a, first of all, JP, how are you doing today, I man? am doing fantastic. Fantastic. I'm I expected s- nothing less. That's right. We're in the uh, in the holiday season, as we mentioned. So I, uh, I compiled a little quick list of, uh, I've been reading these uh, Would You Rather books. So uh, rather than, than throwing off that, I'll just, uh, Christmas uh, Would You Rather checklist made by JP. Tree, do you prefer real tree or fake tree? 
fake tree. Fake tree. We got I'm, fake tree at my house. Fake tree here too. Lights, colored lights, white lights. Colored. Really? Okay. I, I same want thing. It, I want it tacky. Yeah, I'm the same way. So yeah. we're two for two on agreeance. I don't go with the classy white lights. I don't go with the classy decorations. Yeah. I'm old okay. school. What about candy canes then? Do you go white and red or do you go that multicolored weird candy cane? Do you do candy canes? Are you talking about candy canes on the tree or just on the in general? Tr- both. Okay. If you We don't do candy canes on the tree. Okay. Um how about to eat? I go I usually don't eat the red and white ones, okay. but I'll eat the colored ones. Okay. So, so I eat red and white. So we okay. that's our first differentiate. Yeah. Tree topper, do you go yeah. star or angel or we neither? Have, we have one tree. In our room that has an angel. That's okay. in our living room. And then uh, our oldest boys have a tree in their room that has a star. A star. Okay, so you're both. Yeah. I, I pick angel. And the final one, eggnog, yes or no? Yes. I go no. <laughs> I think it is so disgusting. I love to watch it poured into a glass because it's thick. And yeah. I think eggnog being poured looks amazing. But eggnog being drank <laughs> is just nasty to me. Oh, man. Big fat yes for me and big fat me so it works. <laughs> <laughs> all right rock and roll that's my uh, that's my would you rather christmas version all right made by jp christmas so christmas time is here i have a subtitle for this episode which i've never done but i'm calling this episode okay. christmas time is here or why willie mays and coca-cola are responsible for your childhood what in the world and we'll find out why oh, later man okay okay <laughs> so this is from the 1965 album a charlie brown christmas which was the soundtrack to the tv special of the same name uh, written by Vince Guaraldi and Lee Mendelson, um, who was the producer of the TV show, but also happened to become the lyricist for the song Out of Necessity. Um, he was born in 1933. That would be Lee Mendelson. Uh, he was a producer of the Peanuts TV specials, of which A Charlie Brown Christmas was the first and uh, one of the first of any kind animated uh, special. Um, he started out producing uh, public service announcements, PSAs, for a TV station in San Francisco, and he won a Peabody Award for his first documentary about the 1915 World's Fair in San Francisco. Follow me here. His first independent work, he started doing stuff on his own, and his first independent work with his own production company was a documentary on San Francisco Giants legend and MLB Hall of Famer Willie Mays called A Man Named Mays. He's a say hey kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie Mays, the catch. Yeah, if you say over the, the shoulder, catch, over yeah. the shoulder, not catch. Dwight Clark in football. No, no, no. Willie no, no. Mays in baseball. That's right. Yes. Uh, so shortly after finishing that documentary, he ran across a Peanuts comic strip centered around Charlie Brown's baseball team and how awful Charlie Brown is. You know, those are those are always great. Poor Charlie can't do anything. No, can't, gosh, no. Can't fly a kite. Can't win baseball. Can't kick a football. No. Uh, and so he decided that he would should follow up his project about the world's best baseball player with a project about the world's worst. Oh, nice. So he approached Charles Schultz about producing a documentary, uh, which was released in 1965. Well, during the same period, he was approached by Coca-Cola about producing an animated TV Christmas special. Holy cow. So he combined the two ideas. He asked Charles Schultz about using the Peanuts characters, uh, and Charles Schultz sent him to uh, animator Bill Melendez, who had worked with the characters in a Ford ad campaign, and Mendelssohn added Vince Guaraldi to the mix after hearing some of his music while driving over the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, I heard that in a cab. He was driving in a, ca- in a yeah. cab. Yeah. All this is very San Francisco-centric. Oh, yeah. um, and so that is how Willie Mays and Coca-Cola are responsible for Dude, your that's childhood. Awesome. That's so cool. Isn't that crazy? I Baseball like and co- Coca-Cola. This and, is so American. And Coke just tastes like Christmas. It's a Christmassy. You see Santa with his little Coke yeah. and everything. You know that the, the Coca-Cola advertising campaign is what turns Santa red. 
before the Coca-Cola Santa Claus image, he, uh, Santa was always, green almost or? always typically depicted in green okay. and Coca-Cola put him out in red and it became the image wow. for Santa Claus. And that's why that's awesome. we do Santa Claus in red. How that's about so that? cool. Yeah. Man, that's good. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's the episode. All right, right bye guys. Sum that up. That See you at New Year's. That was, how many of the Peanuts uh, comic strip characters can you name? Oh, can I can you? do you one better. Okay. I, well, I say that. I, I have uh, on my mantle at all times Peanuts characters. Okay. So we have a, a mantle in our living room, and at Christmas time, it is full of... Uh, like, you know, the Department 56 villages, like the yeah, little yeah, houses yeah, that yeah. light up and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Okay, so Crystal, my wife, has a collection of those that are all Peanuts Christmas from the Christmas oh, special. That's awesome. It's amazing. That's it's got so like cool. the tree farm and the schoolhouse oh, and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And when it's not Christmas time, I have the starting nine for Charlie Brown's oh, yes. baseball, baseball team. team. Because in 2014, uh, the MLB All-Star Game was held at Target Field, home of the Minnesota Twins, okay. home of Charles Schultz, sure. thus home of Charlie Brown. And they did these special little uh, statuettes of like the starting nine. So at least the baseball team I can get through. It's okay. uh, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, okay. uh, Linus, Lucy, Franklin, um, Peppermint Patty, Marcy, uh, Pigpen, and Schroeder. Okay. Uh, and that is, I think that's the starting nine. And then there's, uh, 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 what is, what is Linus's little sister? Sally? Sally? I was about to um, say Sally didn't make the starting lineup. No. How about no. that? Um, I, only, I have those listed and I only know one more Violet. Vi- oh yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. That I knew off the, just been writing me on. So there you go. I'm a big, Dude, I guess that's I'm, awesome. I'm a bigger well peanuts fan than I realized. That was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It'd be fun. So we've got all the specials and you know, I mean, you got to watch, we've already watched the, the Christmas special this year and you know, all that stuff while we you put up the tree. Great pumpkin and you're a good man. Oh yeah. All, all of it. We've got to do it. We've got tons. We've got the one, the, the baseball specials and the like, it's election day, Charlie Brown. You know, like <laughs> oh, wow. we, we've got them all. So they, they go um, deep into their Charles Schultzness. Yeah, even the um, the Peanuts uh, movie that came out like what last year, a year uh-huh. before the the animated, the like computer animated, which was surprisingly good and faithful to the the original spirit of the stuff. Really good. So two thumbs up to Charles Schultz and Peanuts and. Did Bill you do, Melendez. Did you do any Charles Schultz homework? Did you do anything on him? You know, I really didn't. You got some? Nicknamed Sparky. I don't know why. Of course. Um, um, so my Sparky favorite Schultz. fact about him, from 1956 to 1965, he did a single panel gag strip called Young Pillars for the Church of God. What? Yes. Me and Rob both grew up in the Church of God, or around it, Yeah. Uh, in, in East Tennessee out there. It's uh, Yeah, he did a, it's, and if you look it up, the character, his name was Harold. Um, and he looks like part of the Peanuts family, Chuck Dude. Brown family. Look it up. Look up Harold from Young Pillars Church of God gag strip from '56 to '65. And I have a theory on why he stopped this in '65 because we know what else came out in '65. Yeah, the Peanuts Christmas, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the, the special. Brown Christmas special, and it took wow. off. And he, I think, this is what kickstarted his career. But before that, he worked for the Church of God. So, no kidding. My family will enjoy this episode. There's your Charles Schultz fact. Man, that's crazy. Huge hockey fan. Um in 1988 he did his first uh, the first ever over 65 over 75 hockey tournament. Wow. You had to be over 75 to get into this hockey tournament. <laughs> At 75, if I can skate, dude, if don't I can put skate me up and I can fight. That's right. <laughs> and I have my teeth about the same amount as hockey players, then yeah. So, wow. Good job, Chuck. Jeez, that's funny. I was you know, we live in the south. And so to us, I mean, you live in Nashville. The Predators are a big deal. Sure. A really big deal now, much more so than they Past ever have been years, before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, caught, it's caught on. 
Yeah. Uh, but like up north, it's hockey's like a part of life. You know, once you reach a certain like latitude, uh, you know, it's like hockey's just everybody plays hockey. Yeah. I don't, I, and that's something I never think about. Like it's just doesn't be. It's we not didn't grow radar. up playing hockey. The first no. time I ever picked up a hockey stick was in college when me and my roommates had a hall hockey team where we played, but <laughs> I knew nothing about it. But they were around from Hockey Town, so they all played hockey. Yeah. So that's it's funny. That's awesome. Uh, I did have one other Charles Schultz fact that I thought was kind of neat. Uh, the comic, the Peanuts comic strip ran from 50 to 2000. Um, and Charles Schultz died on February 12th. And the Peanuts comic strip ended on February 13th. So it ended the day after he died. Oh, wow. And he had a theory that I thought was really good. He, he knew it would outlast him by one day. No like, way. So he's like, well, you know, it'll, it'll outlive it'll me outlive by one day because they'll, they'll release the last one. Um, and I heard somebody say it's the longest story ever told by one human being because huh. it's the same story. Interesting. And he told it for, you know, about almost, you know, 50 years. 50 years. Or whatnot. That's crazy. That's a really interesting way to think about it because it is true. I love the, the comic strips, how they just sort of continue from yeah. day to day. And then if you they get a collection. Get I mean, they never get older. It's yeah. the same. You don't hear, right. and you don't hear, ever see or hear the adults. Like right. it's just about the kids. And even in the movies, when the adults are present, they are, you know, it's neck sand, down. Yeah, but they're never their their voices is like a muted Voice with a trombone. trombone. Yeah. yeah, with a solo tone. Hey, thanks for stopping by, Mom. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that is a single story. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vince Garaldi, who I recently found out is called Vince Garaldi. My whole life I've called him Garaldi, and so now I have to go against the grain every time I say his name. Uh, born Vincent Anthony DeLaglio. Uh, his name got changed after being adopted by his stepfather, uh, but he was born Vincent Anthony DeLaglio. Uh, his uncle was Muzzy Marcelino, uh, who you may not know, but I guarantee you know at least one piece of his work because Muzzy Marcelino is the featured whistler on the title theme of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, how about that? <laughs> that yeah, dude. That's That's, awesome. uh, that's Vince Garaldi's uncle. Tumbleweeds blowing in the wind. Yeah. And that guy whistling. Yeah. He was really known for his clear uh, and strong whistle. So he's featured as a whistler on several things, but most notably the... Uh, you know, eternal soundtrack. Is to, that uh, the same when you were whistling that? That's not the same melody as X Files, is it? Um, is that the same three notes? I, no, was it? Okay. Or something like that okay. for X Files. Okay. I'm not the biggest X Files guy, yeah, so. I, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, maybe not. I don't think so. Okay, good. Um, that just threw me off there for. Or is it the boom, boom, boom? Is that X Files? I think so. Or is that Bone Thugs and Harmony? All right, now I'm getting off. <laughs> yeah, I don't we're know. all confused. Back to back to Peanuts. <laughs> Anyway, back to Vince Guaraldi. Uh He won a Grammy for Best Original Jazz Composition for his song Cast Your Fate to the Wind, which was actually a B-side to his single Samba de Orpheus. Um, Cast Your Fate to the Wind was an original and Samba was a cover. And so DJs started playing Cast Your Fate to the Wind instead of the A-side because it was people had heard the other stuff before. So they started playing the B-side and it kind of grew organically. Now keep in mind we're in San Francisco because I'm going to tie it in with somebody else that's awesome. I hope you don't know this. Okay. The look on your face tells me you don't know where I'm, I'm heading I don't know this. where you're going with this. All right. So, uh, but listening to Cast Your Fate to the Wind, uh, his version of it, you can hear kind of all the elements of what is most definitely his most famous song, uh, which would be Linus and Lucy. Uh, if you don't know what Linus, Linus and Lucy is, play that would little, be play this a little one here. Yeah. 
So yeah, that is Linus and Lucy, um, which is undoubtedly Vince Guaraldi's most famous work. Uh, but he won a Grammy for Cast Your Fate to the Wind. I heard he um, auditioned for the Peanuts movie with that song over the phone. Did you hear that? Like he played that for, oh, yes. for I, Lee Mendelssohn over the phone. Like yeah, that was his like, this is kind of why I would I don't know like that to- it was an audition, but I think they they said like, yeah, hit me back with an idea. And, and that and was his first. Yeah, that like, the phone for yeah. And so what do you, I mean, yes, yes, please. Uh, so yeah, so he won a Grammy for Cast Your Fate to the Wind. Um, but the uh, interesting, interesting thing about that to me is um, that that song was covered, Cast Your Fate to the Wind, this jazz guys, whatever, uh, was covered in part by the James Gang. What? Yes. Joe Walsh? Joe Walsh, the James Gang. Okay, so let me play a little bit of Cast Your Fate to the Wind, uh, and then we'll see. You can you have to kind of know it's there to trace it in the James Gang, but it's definitely it's on the album jacket and everything of their greatest hits even. Um, it's part of a, okay, here's Cast Your Fate to the Wind. Sounds like him immediately, right? Sure. There you go. Oh yeah, this sounds like peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey. Uh, this Same is Same piano. Okay. So now that section of the song gets uh gets sampled, I guess, covered by the James gang in their song, The Bomber. It's like a little suite. It's called The Bomber, Closet Queen, slash Bolero, slash Cast Your Fate to the Wind. It's a medley. Uh, and it's on their greatest hits. Um, and uh, so here's... Let me see if I can just find that section of it. First of all, that's awesome, <laughs> right? That's how it starts out, and it ends up at Cast Your Fate to the Wind. Okay, so it goes to this like mellow thing here at the end. And that's this is it. So that's it. They they go into it at the end of this at the end of this medley. Uh, another San Francisco area band, the James gang. So this is all, this is just all a big San Francisco story. Um, I, I just thought that was really interesting. The last person I would have guessed is going to be covering, uh, you know, covering cast your fate to the wind by Vince Guaraldi is going to be the James Joe, gang. Yeah. Joe Walsh. <laughs> Joe come Walsh. on. Yeah. So really strange. Um, my other note on Vince Guaraldi, uh, the last song he ever played was Eleanor Rigby. Oh. He collapsed in between sets at Butterfield's nightclub in Menlo Park, California. Wow. At 47. Died at 47. Oh, that's young. Really young. And uh and the last so the last song he ever played was Eleanor Rigby to close out the the set. Man. Right? Bummer. Bummer. Well, I guess you kind of touched on him. Should we meet the rest of the band? Absolutely. You covered Vince pretty well, but let's play the jingle and let's meet the rest of the band. Let's meet him. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the rest of the band. Uh, I have nothing to add on top of what Rob just dominated with Vincent Anthony Goralli. Dominated. That was amazing. Uh, he does play the piano and Hammond on this album. 
Um, but we'll jump down to the double bass player, a guy named Fred Marshall. Started playing piano, actually, at age five. But by 15, he was playing bass or double bass, which we've talked about in our previous episodes. Um, it's not two basses. No. Double bass is like double octave lower than like a guitar or like way low. There we go. Um, and he was playing in clubs at 15. And he would have to duck when the police would come in. Not only because of his age, he would say, and this is me quoting him, it was because I was a white man playing in a black man's club and it just looked suspicious. Huh. And he was at age 15 doing this. Um, on drums, Dr- Jerry Grinelli um, studied with Joe Grinelli, who you jazz fans would know from the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Other than that, became a Canadian citizen in 99 and is now living in Nova Scotia. Um, so that's the part of the trio. But I'm going to rapid fire through um, the vocalist on the one that you've heard on the Peanuts version. Okay. So Shall we play a little bit of the vocal we're version? We're going to play the vocal version so you can hear the lyrics to Christmas Time is Here. And, uh, and I'll rapid fire some of these real quick. Okay. So I'm going to hit what each person, what their name, I'm just going to rapid fire through them because they probably never get mentioned. Um, it's true. It's true. All the research I said, just like, uh, there were some kids there was and some they kids took and them to a church and, and fed them ice cream. And, and this and- is who played the part of each one in the vocal pairings. So here we're just going to run across real quick. Um, Peter Robbins as Charlie Brown, Chris Shea as Linus Van Pelt, Tracy Stratford as Lucille or Lucy Van Pelt. Kathy Steinberg as Sally Brown, Bill Melendez as Snoopy, Chris Doran as Schroeder, Karen Mendelson as Patty, and Jeffrey Orston as Pigpen. I don't know who did the vocal parts on Sally and Violet, but there you go. So there's your guys, your props for you vocalists that are out there doing your speaking parts and doing your singing and help uh, keep us lyrics. And they were literal actual kids. Like, yeah. That's why the delivery, there was, uh, I can't remember, I think it was maybe Sally. She's the youngest, and she's talking mm-hmm. about, I only want what's coming to me, like that line. They were feeding her like almost word by word because they're little kids and they didn't have all this stuff memorized. And so that they just sound so natural. Like I just love there's something about the voices of those characters that is calming and like just so genuine. And I think it's maybe because it's older recording. It's really warm and just so analog. I don't know. It's just. And I've seen other, you know, everybody talks about, oh, it just takes me back to a happier time. Sure. But it really, it does seem so much happier, you know, and just like you said, calming and I I really like that. Kids walking all around the neighborhood, just, you know, doing like just walking around. They don't, they're not worried about being unsafe or anything like that. You know, it's just kids hanging out and uh, yeah, it's. I've just, even I even watched it in Spanish one year with my wife. For those of y'all that haven't watched uh, Charlie Brown Christmas in Spanish, marry yourself someone whose family enjoys it every year and hear him go, No tenemos tiempo para juegos, Chuck, and it'll change your life. It's amazing. So go go, go check that out. It's, oh it's good gosh. stuff. Um, maybe we'll go into covers now. Okay, I got, I got, got one more point? thing while we're on the band. Okay, talk about the band a little bit. Because there's some controversy okay. uh, regarding Hit me with circling it. the band. Um, the original tracks were recorded with different musicians. Oh, I didn't um, know that. And 
Some tracks, so the original tracks for the whole special were recorded using bassist Monty Budwig and drummer Colin Bailey. Oh, wow. Then, still Vince? Or? Uh, yes, and still Vince, yes. Okay. Uh, apparently Vince was notorious for not crediting, not in a, not in a malicious way, just for n- failing to keep track of his studio musicians. So it would be the Vince Guaraldi Trio, but they weren't sure who played on it. Otherwise. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Um, and so some tracks were re-recorded later with Fred Marshall on bass and Jerry Grinelli on drums. No one was originally credited on the album, uh, but eventually Fantasy Records, uh, who, who put it out, tried to clarify that the original recordings were used in the TV special and the re-recordings on the album. Oh, wow. So what you hear on the TV special is different in some cases. Um, and those people never get credited. And those people never got credited until Man. Fantasy Records uh, did it. Now, furthermore, there are still some other musicians who claim to be the ones on the original recordings, oh, other man. than Monty Budwig, Colin Bailey, Fred Marshall, Jerry Grinelli. For those of you out there that are listening that are original musicians on this, please <laughs> send us a... Yeah, oh, send us a tweet at Great Song Pod yeah. and let us know so we can give you your proper credit. So we'll credit. give you your credit. We, we don't care to list people. We just listed a whole list of people with no facts about them, so yeah. we'll give you your due, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we tell, I want to talk a little bit more about the lyrics and then the al- the full album itself. Um, the, the lyrics we said were written by Lee Mendelson. He, that wasn't the original plan, but they couldn't find a lyricist. And so it was getting close to like go time. They had to have this stuff done. So he ends up writing the lyrics in about 15 minutes, wrote them on the back of an envelope. And there you have Christmas time is here. That's awesome. And it's, it's simple and it's it's plain, but it's great. It feels right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, um, it's not like you had the Charlie Brown Christmas special. And then all of a sudden there was a Mariah Carey song. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It feels right. Mm -hmm. It fits. Um, a little bit about the album, uh, recorded at Whitney studio in Glendale, California, then re-recorded some of it at fantasy records, uh, studios in San Francisco with the the children's choir from St. Paul's Episcopal church. Uh, a a few of which JP mentioned, um, the sessions ran late into the night and the children were rewarded with ice cream afterwards. Hmm. And it went so late that a lot of, some of their parents, they, they lost kids every night because parents were like, oh, this man. is too late. We got school, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they had to keep like shuffling in some more kids. Um, the album was voted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. It was added to the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress as, you know, they keep like certain works that are noteworthy. You know what I mean? Uh, so this is one of those. Four plus million copies sold. The 10th best-selling Christmas slash holiday album during the Nielsen SoundScan digital tracking era, era, which would be 1991 to present. So okay. before that, it was done by units produced. Um, but this is now Nielsen tracks digitally. Like this is actual copies sold. So during that era, it's in the top 10. You want to hear the top 10? Roll them. All right. Be thinking about what's number one. The number one holiday album. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, number 10 is Charlie Brown Christmas. Number nine, Christmas Eve and other stories about the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. With a little help from uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo. Yes. Uh, number eight, Now That's What I Call Christmas, various artists, you know, compilation. Number seven, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas by Mannheim Steamroller. Number six, A Fresh Air Christmas by Mannheim Steamroller. Number five, Christmas in the Air by Mannheim Steamroller. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, number four, These Are Special Times by Celine Dion. Number three, Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey. Number two, this is surprising, number two is Noel by Josh Groban. And number one, the number one holiday album, it's an instrumentalist. Kenny G. Kenny Miracles. G. Miracles, the yeah, holiday I can album. That. Uh, you want to talk about rolling in some money? Let's talk about Mannheim Steamroller for a <laughs> no. second. Three of, of the, the top, top ten, 10 Christmas albums. So wow. 
perennial every year. Every year they're, they're making some sales. Pops, man. And I, I'm going to be honest. I hate Mannheim Steamroller. Really, I don't mind them. Cannot stand yeah, their. Nothing I've ever heard of them did I want to not <laughs> to turn <go> off. <laughs> yeah, funny. like I, I turn off their Christmas stuff immediately. That's hilarious. It, it to me is like just the most schlocky. I just hate it so have bad. Have you ever to go back not to jump off of them and back onto Kenny G? But have you seen the video for Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Not that I know of. The only reason is he wearing white pants? No, probably. <laughs> but it's got Burgess Meredith in it. Really, he's the old guy in it. <laughs> <laughs> The guy, yeah, the yes, also known from. Uh, sorry, I went Batman. He first. went Batman. You're I was going, going Rocky. Nick. Yeah, yes. from Rocky. Nick, but, yes. Or anybody, or the the grandpa from Grumpy Old Men. That's, <laughs> That's one of my it. favorite holiday movies. Oh gosh, so. Burgess Meredith had the coolest voice. Oh Just, man, yeah. you're a bum. That's right. Like, oh, <laughs> gosh, he was great. R.I.P. Burgess Meredith. Uh, no, all right. Uh, so yeah, those are the top ten uh, during the SoundScan digital tracking. Every period. morning I get up and eat a bacon sandwich and smoke a cigarette and then I take a nap <laughs> and that just goes to show you. And he's like, goes to show you what? I just like that story. <laughs> <laughs> I like Burgess Meredith. Good. Oh man. R.I.P. Burgess. Yeah. So uh, the album initially peaked at number thirteen on Billboard's Christmas Albums chart and charted again every year. From 1988 through 2003, reaching as high as number eight. So when the parents who were kids, when it aired, when they grew up, they started buying it again in I'm the sure, late 80s. That makes sense. It yeah. got a revival. They started showing the Christmas specials every, you know, every year. Play it again. twice on ABC holds the right to that still. Oh, and, really? Yeah, they hold the right to all that. And they play it twice every year leading up to Christmas. On twice? TV. They play it twice. Okay. Um, so but before Christmas, they'll play it twice. Every yeah. Year. Huh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, it, so it peaked again at number eight on uh, on Billboard's Christmas Albums chart at some point during uh, during that run. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, according to IMDb, the original broadcast included some brief animated sections, which included the logo of Coca-Cola, because Coca-Cola was the show's original sponsor. These have been edited out of subsequent broadcasts and the video release. Uh, right after the opening title, Linus crashed into a sign advertising Coca-Cola after being tossed by Snoopy. Uh, if you look at current versions, you'll notice that we never see where Linus lands. Uh, the closing carol, Christmas carol that they sing, all that. And their breath. Uh, yeah. Uh, it originally included the complete verse instead of fading out with a final on-screen, Merry Christmas from your local bottler of Coca-Cola, right after the United Feature Syndicate credit at the end. Um, also, something I found out that I had never noticed and probably would have never noticed on my own, but in this special, in and only in A Charlie Brown Christmas, Snoopy's doghouse is blue. Really? Yes. Huh. And it's red. It's red all the Forevermore after. It wow. is blue I never noticed that. in this. And, and so we watched it the other day while we were putting up the tree, and I went, oh man, I can't believe it. That's true. It's blue. I, it never, never occurred to me. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Hmm. Anywho, um, obviously we got to talk a little bit. One of my favorite parts of TV culture history ever is the Luke two reading of Linus. Oh man, it's so Dude, good. The feels, right? Yeah. The feels. Um, and my, uh, there was a, I, I read an, I read a thing about this. Let me see if I can recall this. Um, I don't know if it was Bill Melendez or if it was another studio executive, um, went to Charles Schultz and was concerned about putting the Bible passage in there. He's like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure we should do that? You know, it's, it's a little exclusive to, to put a, a passage from the Christian Bible in, you know, this thing. 
And uh, Charles Schultz's response was, if we don't do it, who will? That's awesome. Uh, He's so, like, my young pillars category or career is not taking <laughs> off. This is my chance <laughs> to win the loss. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so he, he doubled down and said, Oh heck yeah. That's we're awesome. putting it in there. Good job, Charles. So, yeah. And uh, actually that scene brought about uh, my own personal moment of viral fame. Uh, oh yeah. If uh, there's no way for us to convey this on the podcast, but I have a, I have one viral video to my name uh, and uh, it is called Charlie Brown praise break. And uh, shouts out to Chris Horvath because it was his idea. He came to me one day and says, dude, I have a funny idea. Can you make this? And um, so uh, I, I worked at a church and he said it would be really funny to take the clip of Linus, uh, you know, the delivering, clip. Yeah, delivering the gospel message in the Charlie Brown thing and then have it go into like a church praise break thing and take the dance scene from the Charlie Brown Christmas and ha- and, and put that over the put the praise break music over that. And, um, and so we did, I put, put that stuff together and put it over the Charlie Brown clips. Uh, and it's got uh, like somewhere around the neighborhood of 700,000 views on, on YouTube to this day. So that's my own. Go check it out. Go fame. It. Yeah. Just, just Google Charlie Brown praise break. There's, there's a couple imitators out there, but the original is called Charlie Brown praise break and it's got about 700,000 views. That's awesome. So yeah, my own moment. Thanks Charlie Brown. Thanks Jesus. <laughs> hey, thanks Jesus for helping me get mildly not famous at all. <laughs> Oh, we never did covers. We never finished covers. Let's talk about it. Let's let's end with covers here. Okay, we'll hit some. Um, John Legend's got a pretty good one. Um, Anita Baker's got one that's pretty popular. Yeah. I really like her guitar player. So if you're listening to it, listen to the guitar player on that. Tony Bennett's pretty much the classic cover. Um, Tony Braxton, a little too breathy for me. <laughs> Chicago just sounds like Chicago, right? Always. Sean Colvin would be like if your friend or girl on the praise team sang it. So it's just kind of like that. Jars of Clay is if your youth band attempted it. It's <laughs> awful. It's so bad. We're not going to make you listen through all these. Oh, all these hits. A band called Foreplay is the best yeah. jazz version of me other than Vince's. Yeah. For those of you that don't know Foreplay, it's uh, Bob James, uh, Havy Mason, uh, Harvey Mason, Lee Rittenauer on guitar before he got replaced by Larry Carlton and Nathan East on bass. It's... Yeesh. So, so good. Monsters. So good. Um, do y'all know who's, do you know who Straight No Chaser is? Yeah, sure. Acapella. Okay, yeah. see, when I saw that band, I was like, that is a metal band. Straight No Chaser. <laughs> I could not wait to listen. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. Oh, what a and I put it on. I was like, what in the, <laughs> is this? No. Um, so, and if you're going to go acapella-ish, I'd probably pick the Take Six take version. Six, yeah. yeah. With the little little light drums and piano That's ama- That makes me so happy. I was so excited to see Straight No Chaser. And it was, <laughs> that's the biggest disappointment or biggest uh, what it, I didn't expect it to be. Um, but the one we talked about, Robbie even said he listened to it on the way up here, the Steve Vai version. Oh, man. man, it's so, so good. Listen, if you're a rock and roller, right? It, and I don't care if you're a rock and roller from the 60s or rock and roller from the 2000s. You owe it to yourself to find an album. There's an album on iTunes or wherever you listen uh, called Mary Axmas, yes. A-X-E. Mary Axmas, A Guitar Christmas. Which is a great name for a guitar album. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, yes. man, so good. And it's full of good stuff. It's got Brian Setzer and Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Joe Satriani's song on there, which is dumb. It's the Silent Night, Holy Night Jam. Mm-hmm. He basically plays the melody one time to Silent Night, and then they and then jam for play. like eight minutes, and yeah. then he plays Silent Night again. Yeah. But well, whatever. He's well, amazing. So. Even, even on this one, Steve Vai has like a 20-second break in the middle yeah. that is not part of the song at all. It yeah. completely changes. Oh, yeah. If y'all are listening, jump ahead to about minute 224. Let's, oh, let's, listen to it. Yeah, let's just do it. Here's let's, a little bit of his version. It's very faithful as far as you think Steve Vai, you think like Shred, you know what I mean? But Steve Vai's also got like this tender 
side and he's just so brilliant. And so he pulls off the jazz elements of the song really, really, really well and faithfully to the original. And then, and then he's just like, Oh God, I gotta be me. For I gotta a be second. Steve Vai for a second. Yeah. That's right. So he's like, what'd you say? It's about two twenty. Jump to about two twenty four. I think is when it kicks in, but all right, here we go. Here's he's kicking around here. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my goodness, just goodness gracious, shoo, buddy! That where he just comes in that that whole section is one of my favorite bits of Steve Vai playing. If you didn't throw your rock goblet fist in the air, (laughs) then then you missed a great opportunity. Yeah, it's so tender up until then, kind of playful and whatever. And then he's just like, oh, Steve's here. Cool. All right. Uh, I just realized that through this whole thing, I've neglected to talk about the most interesting thing about this song. And that's the chord progression. Roll it. That is why this is my favorite Christmas song. Um, So this has a extremely unique. The melody is very plain. That's really simple and plain and children can sing it. And they did. But the chord structure underneath is really something else. It's just so beautiful. Roll over that piano there, Rob. Roll it over. Fortunately, I brought my little piano here. Uh, so let's, uh, we're in the key of F major. Okay. So we are, okay. And our first chord is an F major seven. That's where we get that note. Christmas time. Our second note is a flat seven, seven chord, um, which is going to be an E flat seven. And it's really got it. So basically what it means is you can play anything, basically whole tone from a down over an E flat. Okay, so it's like you've got Christmas time is here. Like that's nasty. Uh, that's just five five whole tones, but that's what yeah you end up with that beautiful chord. Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer. And then the next chord, fun for all the children call. It starts on the sharp four, so it starts. It's a B diminished. Fun for all, and then it walks down chromatically. That children call their favorite time. Then to the five of, and then a one major nine. Yeah, just incredible. And the bridge has some similar, uh, similar movement and strangeness. But that that uh, chord progression has always captivated me. Like so cool, and yet. It serves the song. It's not weird for the sake of weird. You know what I'm saying? It's it's one of those great things that a, a jazz artist can pull off that makes it. It doesn't make the melody feel unnatural or it's the you know. right mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could have gone. They could have just as easily gone. You know, uh, saying Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer, fun for all that children call their. You know, whatever their. 
favorite time of year. Happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it would have been fine, but oh, that made it you know something incredible with that chord progression. Yeah. So well done, Vince Guaraldi. Rest in peace. Um, and uh, all that ho 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 and all that. deck the halls and deck all the that halls That's and all that all that stuff. How do you say that in Spanish? Oh man, <laughs> I have to go watch it again. Uh. Okay, I think that's about going to wrap it up, right? Yeah. For our first ever Christmas extravaganza. There's a little gift we just dropped you guys for this Man. holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're feeling this time of year, go for it. And here's to hold you off till season three. This is just a little little gift from us to you to as a teaser till you get back for season three. That's right. And there will be and there's born unto you this day in the city of David a savior, <laughs> a savior which is Christ, is Christ the Lord. Christ. And this shall be a sign unto you. <laughs> We have a we have a Christmas tree ornament that plays that. You push a button, it's yeah. Linus on stage with his blanket. That's awesome. And uh, and have you ever noticed when he says uh, "Do not fear," he drops his security blanket. Oh no! Boom! Little nugget for you there. When he says "Have do not do not fear," yeah. when the angel says "Do not yeah. fear," he drops his blanket that he always carries. That's How about awesome. that? He lets go of that fear. Anyway, I do like the way he makes his uh, blanket into the shepherd hat. Yes, <laughs> that's good usage. Yeah, man. All right, uh, so we're going to let you go because surely you can you can watch this Christmas special somewhere right now, and I feel like you're going to want to after listening to this music. So uh, we're going to take you out, I think, with a little bit of the Steve Vai version. Yeah, why just not? a little bit more. We'll, we'll to play it through to the end. Uh, man, seriously, Merry Christmas from us here at the Merry, Great Song Merry Podcast. Christmas, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again right at the beginning of the new year uh, with Season 3. We can't wait to bring it to you. we got some good stuff going on. So until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.